set. Well, hello, Seacoast. Good to see you guys. Welcome to church this weekend. Uh, my name is Josh Surratt. I'm one of the pastors here at uh, Seacoast. And we're just excited to be worshiping with you. If you're here for the first time, I want to say that we're glad that you're here as well. And I uh, also want to shout out to our campuses or the people that are joining us online. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, want to mention Ross White, our Greenville campus pastor. We had an event on Wednesday night here at the church in Mount Pleasant. Uh, had over 600 students and leaders come together, custom one night. It was awesome. And there were tons of student pastors hanging out with the, the students. But, but Ross White, the Lone Ranger campus pastor, came down, slept on a floor somewhere uh, in the church building, h- hanging out with teenagers for uh, a day or two. And so we love you. Let's give it up for our Greenville campus. We, we love you guys up there, all of our campuses. We love you. Hey, how many of you guys have ever started strong with something, but, but didn't finish very well? I mean, would you be honest and just maybe a project in the garage or, you know, we've all kind of been there, something that we started strong, but we just didn't quite finish it. I was a junior in high school, and uh, as many of you have already probably assumed, I was an athlete when I was in high school, and so um, <laughs> that was not supposed to be funny. But uh, I played basketball, football, soccer, uh, well, what I would have considered like the real sports uh, then. And, but our school was trying to build a track program. Um, and so they had a desire to build a program. And so my junior year, uh, what they did is they extended the track season a week longer than soccer, which was also the kind of spring sport at the time. And they would have all the soccer players come over and they wanted us to run in the last uh, track meet so that we could qualify for the state championship and then maybe help to kind of elevate the program. And I thought, that sounds cool. So I showed up on a Saturday morning, first time ever uh, at a track meet. It was at Porter Goud School. And our coach comes up and says, hey, uh, Josh, what, what, what kind of race do you want to run in uh, today? Do you think you would do well at? And I was like, I, I don't, are, there, are there multiple? I'll just do like the foot race. Uh, it's fine. Just, he's like, no, 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 which distance? I was like, I don't care. Put me in whatever one you need me in, coach, because I'll win whatever race you put me in. No, no big deal. Uh, and so very humble but confident in, in my ability. And so he said, all right, I want you to run in the 100-meter race, the 200-meter race, and the 800-meter race. It's like, sounds good. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, and he kind of says, we'll just take it one race at a time. So the first one in the order of events that day for me was the 800-meter race. Uh, any of you guys run track before? Some of you guys, how many times around the track is 800 meters? Two, two right? It's two times around the track. Uh, not very far, a half mile or so, no big deal. And so I come up to the line and they've got these, these deals. It's called a starting block. No idea what it was, but I kind of watched what everybody else did. And you, you stick your feet in here and you kind of get yourself in position. The guy says, on your mark. And so I can remember him saying, on your mark. And I kind of got down and and I looked to my left and I looked to my right and honestly, I felt sorry for those people. Have you ever seen legs of a track athlete? Like it's bone and skin, there's nothing on them. And I mean, you look, I mean we got meat here in the Surratt family. We got some muscle. We are, uh, you know, we're prepared to win. And so I felt a little sorry for them, but I thought, you know what, this is gonna be awesome. And so he says, go. And I just, I mean, take off out the gate. A great start, come around that first little bend in the track and I'm coming around, kind of look over my shoulder to see how I'm doing. I've already got about 20 yards of separation between me and the next guy, which naturally just boosts my confidence. I'm like, I got another gear. I can go in, let's, let's show them what this is about. So I put it in another gear and I fly down the back, uh, you know, stretch of the track and come around the corner and 
I came around uh, for the first time around, the 400 meters, and I ran a time, it was incredible. I would have been in contention for the state championship for the, the 400 meter run. It was in the upper 42nd range. And, and, and so uh, the problem is this was an 800 meter run, not a 400 meter run. So I come through and I've, I've got about a quarter length track. I mean, literally a lead on everybody and come around and all of a sudden I have the sensation uh, that comes over my legs. It's like jello, you know, it's like you can't feel them and like getting a little wobbly and like this is just what, what's going on. Uh, but I had a lead and so I, I decided I'm going to stop and stretch this thing out a little bit. So I stopped <laughs> on the back and I literally trying to stretch it out and guy passes me, so I get up and kind of try to run a couple more times, and eventually I'm like, this is not happening, so I just stopped, and, and people are passing me. I didn't really care. I was trying to find, like, my rhythm of breathing uh, to, to try to survive, and eventually they had to have more races, so they're like, if, if you could uh, get off the track, sir, and literally I finished the 800-meter run after having stopped twice in over three minutes. Uh, if you do track, that's not a very good score at all for, for the 800-meter run, and so um, I was embarrassed, started strong, but, but finished poorly. And many of us can identify with that, you know, whether it's uh, something on a large scale that's significant and meaningful or whether it's something as insignificant as a, a foot race, but we, we've, we can relate to starting strong, but finishing poorly. And, you know, we're, we're getting ready to kind of enter into the, the back stretch of, of 2014, you know, summer's coming to a close. I know for many of you, school starts back in the next week or so. Some have already started back. And, 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 and my heart, my prayer for us as a church and for me personally is that I would just finish 2014 strong. Do you guys want to finish strong? How many of you guys would say uh, that you want to be a better parent by the end of the year than you are right now? How many, some of you guys, some hands? Yeah, a lot of us. What about how many of you would love to be a better spouse by the end of the year than you are right now? Yeah, not as many hands. So a lot of, we've got a lot of good, good spouses uh, among us. How many of you want to be in a better position financially at the end of the year? Yeah, everybody, of course, you want to you do it. Anybody want to be in a little better shape uh, by the end of the year? Be nice. I have a warning, Christmas is between now and then, so in like Thanksgiving and Halloween, and it's, it's going to be a tough stretch, but, but all of us, man, we'd love to. What about, I mean, we're in church, so spiritually, would you like to be in a better place spiritually by the end of the year than you are right now? Yeah, I would too. I'm, I'm glad that you, you guys would agree. What we're basically saying is that for all of us, there's a gap between the reality that we're currently experiencing and what we think could be, you know, what, what could possibly be for us. And, and so we're doing a series that we're starting today called Ready, Set, Go. You may be wondering, what is that about? Really what it's about is, is that desire to finish this year strong. I believe that God has so much in store for our church this fall. Uh, I'll talk to you in a little bit about some of the cool stuff that, that, that's coming up in our church. But I believe for every one of us, individually, God wants to see us finish strong. Maybe there, there would be some breakthrough in some areas that we've been stuck in. This is gonna be the year that we kind of bust through and finish strong. And so this week we're gonna talk about what it means to, to get ready, to be on your marks kind of to prepare to finish strong. Next week, Pastor Greg's gonna be with us and uh, he, he's getting back from China and he's gonna talk about what it means to get set. You know that moment between when you, you get ready and w when it's time to go, maybe the waiting areas of our life and he's gonna talk about that and then we'll finish talking about like going in faith and what it means to kind of really walk in faith and it's gonna be a great series. I encourage you to, to be a part of it. We're gonna have a 
kind of an anchor verse. The Bible speaks to this idea of finishing strong. And it's a verse, it's 1 Corinthians 9, uh, verse 24 through 27. Some of you may be familiar with this if you've been in church for a while. I love it. I feel like we should play like the Rocky theme music. It's, it's a great, great passage of scripture. In fact, let's read it out loud together as we start our, our, our service. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. Let's stop there for a second. I love that. Run to win. It says everybody runs, but man, if you're a believer, run to win. You know, it's biblical to win. You know, my son plays uh, sports and his coach is here. And at his age, developmentally, everyone gets a trophy and they don't even keep score. Like, I keep score. I know who's winning and who's losing, but then it's not biblical to not keep score. He says, you got to run to win. My, my uh, daughter, Greta Kate, uh, just turned five a couple weeks ago and we're celebrating her birthday and it was kind of a rainy day. So we were, we were playing sorry as a family. And you got to know, like if I'm competing in something, I'm in it to win it. All right, like some guys invited me to fantasy football. Uh, I'll play, but I'm gonna win. Like you just gotta know, I'm, I'm going for it. And so we're playing sorry. I don't know if you guys have, have played the game. Uh, I brought the board here. Um, it's, it's real, takes a lot of talent. But what you do is you've got your starting area here and you have three pawns and you start here and, and your goal is to get around the board and get into the safety zone and eventually to get all three players home. And the first person to get three players home wins, right? So we're playing, it's, it's Greta Kate's fifth birthday, and she has two of her players home, and she's got one that's two spaces from home. And it was my turn, and I drew the card, and my card was sorry, which if you don't know the game, let me educate you. Sorry means that if you have a player still in your starting line, you can replace somebody else's player, you can move to where they are, and knock them back to start. And so I drew sorry, and immediately, Lisa starts like looking at me, like staring, like... <laughs> Don't do it, Josh. Just, I know what you want to do. Don't do it. And I'm like, what, what is your problem? You act like I'm an evil person or something. Of course I'm going to do it. Like, Greta Kate, go back to start. You know, and like I'm in it to win it here. And, and so uh, there are times and seasons to build up your child's self-esteem while you're playing board games is not one of those times, okay? And all of a sudden, my family turned on me. It was like Miles' turn is next, and he had a move. He could have easily knocked his mom out, which would have been the good move because she was getting ready to win. And, and, and instead, he's like, I don't care about winning, Dad. You're, you were mean to Greta Kate. You're going back to start. And I'm like, <laughs> you don't know your Bible, son. You need to care about winning. That's what this is about. So, yeah, where were we? We're reading this scripture out loud. <laughs> Run to win, right? That's, that's biblical. Let's do it. Let's keep reading. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. I love that verse. Such a great verse. It should be a refrigerator verse for all of us as believers. And, and Paul was writing to a church in a town called Corinth, and they would have been very familiar with his language and his metaphor. Uh, not only were the Olympics a big deal at the time, but they had 
these games every two years. They were called the Isthmian Games, and it was kind of like the World Cup, and it happened in the city of Corinth. And so all these athletes would come, and they would compete. And so these people understood exactly what, what Paul would have been talking about. And, and I love the metaphor. And, and we're going to look at what does it mean to run to win, to prepare ourselves so that we can finish strong. But before we jump into that, just real quick uh, disclaimer. For those of you that are here today, maybe you um, are just checking out God and checking out church and, and maybe have never committed your life to Christ or received God's love. You need to understand this scripture is not in any way talking about a performance mindset that would get us any more favor with God, right? Uh, Jesus already completed that race. He completed, he lived his life without sin so that we could be believers. And, and whether we run well or not has no bearing on how much God loves us or doesn't love us. So that's not what the metaphor is about. I know there are some of us that, that would be tempted to kind of get into that mentality. But the, the metaphor is saying, hey, those of you that are believers, those of you that have committed your lives to Christ, that's the starting point. That you're coming out of the blocks, but the, it's, it's more than just getting saved. God wants us to, to be useful. He has a, a plan for our lives. He's got a purpose for our lives. And he wants us to, to run well and to run to win. And how many of you know I was not very useful to my high school track team, right? Uh, at least not in the 800 meter race because I didn't, I didn't run well. And I, I had this thought as I was kind of preparing for, for our time together. The race that I was running in, when did I lose that? I lost it before I ever got to the starting line. I wasn't prepared by any stretch for that race. It was, it was already lost. And I believe the first kind of sentence on your outline sheet uh, if you're tracking along, kind of our key thought for today is that our position at the finish line is determined by our posture and the preparation. Our position at the finish line is determined by our posture and the preparation. You know, the Olympics happened in a couple of years. 2016 is the next Olympics. I strongly believe that, that those games are being won or lost right now. Uh, as athletes prepare and train and get into shape and, and work on a regimen to, to win it. And I believe the same is true for us. See, most of us raised our hand a few minutes ago. There's some areas of our lives that we wanna finish strong and we wanna do better. We wanna see growth in. And I believe that, that those results will not be achieved in the final two weeks of December. Uh, those results are gonna be achieved today by how we train, by how we prepare and whatever area that God's calling us to grow in and to stretch in right now, today. So let's look at a couple of thoughts, kind of do a quick Bible study of this passage of scripture. See, if we wanna prepare well for the race that we're running, what do we need to do? And the first thing we do is we have to find our place. We have to find our place. What do I mean? We have to, we have to run the right race. You know, the reality is I really had no business running in the 800 meter run. Uh, God didn't, design Surratt's for very long distances. I mean, we're really good sprinters. In fact, I finished second in the state in the 100 meter run. That was, that was my race, that was my deal. 200 meters could do well in that. But, but anything beyond that, that's not what we were, we were made for. Much like Gimli in Lord of the Rings, I love what he said. It's like my life quote. He said, we dwarves are natural born sprinters. Very dangerous over short distances. That's, that's a Surratt, okay? If you study the Greek of Surat, it means sprinter, or at least not very good in long distances. So it's just, just who we are. I shouldn't have been running in that race. You know, sadly, many of us spend our entire lives trying to win races that we have no business even running in. 
We're trying to win a race of approval of somebody or something that we really have no business running in or maybe to achieve status or to accumulate stuff and we spend so much of our lives trying to win at things that just don't even matter. If we're gonna be ready, set, going somewhere, it's pretty important to know where we're going, what, what the finish line is, what, what we're trying to accomplish. We've got to find our place. I love Thomas Merton said, your life is shaped by the end that you live for. You are made in the image of what you desire. See, we've got we to we know what we're going for. That's why I love what Paul said in verse 25. He said, they do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Eternal prize. Don't, don't forget what race we're running in. You know what they won in the Isthmian Games, the, the winners? They actually uh, did a little research. They competed, and, and if they won, I mean, this is a world championship. If they won, they received an incredible payment of a wreath that's made out of pine needles. Basically, that's what they ran for. Some of you remember the Olympics were in, um, in Greece a while ago. They had those kind of as a memento of the Isthmian Games, but that's it. Pine needles. Paul's saying, hey, the, these guys, they discipline themselves. They, they dedicate their lives to this for something that's going to be gone. Uh, but we have such a greater prize that we're running for. So what, how much more should we be willing to work at it, to discipline ourselves to win the prize? You know, every now and then I'll get a, a phone call that somebody in our church is in a hospice uh, facility that's here on Long Point Road, right down the road. And I love the chance to go visit people who are kind of in the end of life because there's so much clarity and focus in, in these individuals. And you, you know what I've never heard? I've never shown up and, 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 and talked to somebody about kind of where they're at. And I've never heard them go, you know, Josh, if I'd have just got that yacht, I always wanted that yacht and I didn't get it and life just doesn't make sense. Or if I'd have just got that promotion or if I, you know, obviously no, one, no one's thinking like that at that stage in their life. Most of them don't have many regrets at all, but occasionally I'll talk to somebody who'll say, you know, I, I kind of wish I'd spent more time on stuff that matters. Kind of wish I had, uh, you know, maybe gotten to know my creator better. I'm getting ready to, I'm looking at eternity right now. I wish I'd, have, wish I'd have spent more time getting to know God or spending time investing and imparting stuff into my family or kids or, you know, essentially saying, I wish I'd have run the right race. Uh, I wish I hadn't spent all my life chasing stuff that, that really doesn't matter. So how do we do that? How, how do we find our place? I, I love Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love that because he says, you know what, guys? You're custom made. You were designed with purpose. You were designed for mission with a plan for your life. I love uh, John Holm, our student pastor, says it all the time to our students. Everyone's born original, but most die a copy. You're, you're custom made. God has a plan for your life. Don't, don't try to run somebody else's race. I know I struggle with this as a pastor. I love listening to podcasts and learning from other leaders. Uh, and and I'll, I'll, I'll listen to them. Most of the time, I'll be very inspired. But every now and then, I'll listen to a sermon and I'll just be discouraged like, why can't I tell a story like Judah Smith? Man, this guy, preacher out in Seattle, incredible storyteller, make you laugh, make you cry. Or why, why can't I break it down like Andy Stanley, right? I mean, like, the man just makes it so simple. Or, or why can't I relate to people like Greg Surratt or, or Rick Warren? It feels like you're just sitting in their living room and just talking to them about something. And, and I'll find myself leaving a message discouraged because I'm comparing myself to 
men who have been anointed in an incredible way and who've been working at their craft for a long period of time. And the reality is God doesn't need another Andy Stanley. He already has one. He doesn't need another Rick Warren. He's got one. What he needs from me is to just be the best version of Josh Surratt that I can be and run the race that he's called me to be. And the same is true for you. So let's not get caught up comparing ourselves to other people, trying to live out their lives. Just stay in our lane, run our race. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, stay in your lane, dude. I mean, come on, just stay in your lane. So, so we got some people are picking up dates here. That was not the intention of that. Just no, so we have, to, we have to find our place. We have to run the race that God's called us to run, but that's not enough, is it? I mean, we can run in the right race, but, but that just gets us in the right lane, in the right race, but there's more to it. If we wanna finish well, if we wanna run to, to win, second thing I think we can learn from this passage of scripture is we've gotta find a plan. Pick a plan, pick a plan. We need a system for training and developing discipline in our lives. You say, well, Josh, I don't know if that sounds biblical. Like a system? Like what, what do you, I love Galatians 6, 9. It says, let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And my, my translation of that, my version of that would be find what's good and make it repeatable. Like figure out what's good and then don't get tired doing it. Figure out a way to keep on doing that, to finish well. Uh, There's a a great story in the Old Testament, Moses. You guys are familiar with him. He led the people of Israel out of Egypt and they're in the wilderness. And uh, one day his father-in-law came up to visit him. His name was Jethro. I mean, you gotta love a man in the Bible named Jethro. He's from Southern Israel. Came up, (laughs) he said, Moses, I wanna wanna check out what's going on. I just wanna kind of observe what you're doing. And he's watching Moses and he says, after the end of the day, he pulls him aside and he says, dude, this is not gonna go well for you. You're on a track to burnout. You can't sustain this. You need a system. You, you gotta figure this out. And he, and, he, and he lays it out for me. He says, you need leaders of, of 10, leaders of 50, and leaders of 100 uh, to help you organize how you're gonna lead these people. Otherwise, they're all coming to you right now and it's just not gonna work. You need a system. And we need to pick a plan. We need a system to put us on the track that God has us on. And I would argue with you that, that systems are even more important than goals. I mean, goals are important, don't get me wrong, but, but like if you're a coach, your goal may be to win a championship, right? But your system is, is your, your practices, how you're gonna daily prepare to win that championship. If you're a parent, right, your goal is to get the kids out of the house, right? I mean, your goal is to raise kids who love Jesus and can be productive in, in the world, right? But your system is, is your daily routine, the culture that you create, the way that you spend time with your kids, if you run, you may wanna complete a marathon in a certain time, but, but, and that's important to have a goal, but your system is the, the training calendar that you run on. And our relationship with Christ, what's the goal? I love Philippians 3.10 says, I wanna know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. If I could break down what all of us, if, if we consider ourselves Christ followers, what the goal should be is to know Jesus, to, to become more like him. That, it's it's, it's that, that simple. So, so how do we get a system around us, a plan that's gonna help us do that? There's so many great 
kind of Bible reading plans, that's certainly a part of it. And I love you version. And you can pick a plan that for whatever season you're in. There are some plans that are one verse related to maybe a season of life or some that are related to getting through struggles or depression or different uh, things that you might be dealing with. And, and some are more like several chapters a day, but they're, they're just systems, they're plans. They, they email you every day and say, hey, have you read your Bible today? It's not about being legalistic. It's about developing a plan and a system that works for you. You know, I, I wanna be a better spouse. I, I'd love to, to be a better husband to, to Lisa. And, and we have a system that's a date night every week. We have a sitter that knows every Friday night and she lets us know if she can't do it, but she's just prepared to come over because she knows they do date night on Friday night. Now, is that gonna fix all of our problems? No, but it's, it's a weekly checkpoint that we can connect face-to-face about life, about where we're at. It's just a system that helps us do it. So, Paul said it this way in, in, in 1 Corinthians 9. He said, everyone who com- competes in the games goes into strict training. I love that. That's, that's a plan. It says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating in the air. I've got a plan. I've got a system. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run. I'm going to finish well. I feel like God kind of gave me a word uh, several uh, years, maybe two years ago. Uh, a friend of mine, Naeem Fazel, who's, who's preached, he's one of my best friends. We, we were hanging out and he said, Josh, I feel like uh, the Lord wants you to know that if, if you're gonna run well, if you're gonna, if you're gonna be able to sustain the ministry that season that he has for you in the next couple of years, you need to just prepare and get in the best spiritual shape of your life, get in the best physical shape, get in the best uh, mental shape of your life. And it was like, man, that, yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's, let's do it. Well, I, I kind of started and stopped and tried to kind of work something. And then in January of this year, I did something really, really stupid. I want to show you what, what I did in January. For me, I, I thought I needed to lose about 15 pounds. And then I stepped on the scale and realized I need to lose about 20 pounds, maybe 25. So next year, uh, I'm going to be about 20 pounds thinner. And if that's not the case, I'm going to get a pair of Spanx. And I'm going to preach with that on. So it's going to look, it's going to look like it. Okay. Don't ever get in front of 13,000 people and commit to anything, all right? That's what small groups are for, especially stuff that, that you know, is, is going to be pretty obvious. And so this year, uh, I, I kind of, I, I would stop and start, and I, there would be Mondays that I would wake up and go, all right, this is going to be the week. I'm going to kind of get this thing under control, and, uh, and, and by J- July 7th, uh, I know that because my son's birthday was uh, July 5th, we'd celebrate it with some friends, and uh, I weighed myself on July 7th, and not only had I not lost 20 pounds, I had gained three. So, uh, not looking good. I'm like Googling Spanx, like, oh, great, I gotta have to figure this thing out. And um, it wasn't for a lack of trying. I guess maybe it was. It wasn't for a lack of wanting to try. <laughs> and I was, just, I was frustrated. And so, we're at dinner that night, and I'm talking to Lisa, and we had a, another friend was there, Keenan, and the kids are there, and I was like, I'm just... I'm just frustrated, like I've tried, I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to figure this thing out and I've got great intentions but I've got no discipline in my life. And how many of you know desire is wonderful but it's not gonna get you results. Discipline is gonna get you results. And so uh, Keenan, who's our, our friend, said, hey Josh, have you ever tried MyFitnessPal? I was like, my what? And she was like, MyFitnessPal, it's an app on your phone. I was like, no, what, what's that about? So I grabbed my phone and we're just eating dinner and I'm like, I'll, I'll download, I'll do anything. Is it, it's free, I'll pay, I'll pay 100 bucks right now for it, whatever. You know, so I download it and uh, probably four questions it asked me. Like, enter your weight, um, what do you, what's your target weight, um, and how long do you wanna do it? And I'm like, 
all right, let's just rock this thing out. And so within about three minutes, I had a system. You know, it was like, this is how many calories you need to eat. And I know there's a million different ways to, to lose weight. And, but this is just like, I was like, okay, well, I'll try this. And so the next morning, I you know, entered everything that I ate. And kind of if I wanted to eat more calories than I was supposed to, then I would work out and burn those calories. And it was just a system that, that, that I've been working now for about 42 days. And every day, just kind of log it, log the system. And I recognize that now I stand before you as just a little bit less overweight guy trying to tell you what to do. But, but for me, it's just been a, a system that's been very, very helpful for me uh, that was the difference maker, honestly. I mean, the desire is the same. I've always had it, but it was just a system. And I'm not, in, I'm not out of the Spanx zone yet, but I'm getting very close. Got a couple pounds to go to, to get out of that. And it's just been, been helpful. Systems are so important, you know, not only physically, but spiritually and, and, and relationally. If we want to get the results, we've got to develop a system. What's the third thing we can learn? We, 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 we find our place, we pick a plan. The third thing I think we need to learn is we, we push through the pain. We've got to push through the pain. Look what he says in verse 27. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. See, he knows that anytime you compete at anything, you're gonna have these pain thresholds that you've got to get through. And so as we prepare, as we discipline ourselves, we learn we're, we gotta push through the pain. I don't care what you're trying to do. If it's spend more time with Jesus, if it's get in better shape, if it's read some book, there's gonna come a, a day very soon in the process that you're not gonna feel like doing it anymore, right? And that, that's the difference between desire and discipline is that we would, we would push through those, those, those moments where we have that pain. You go, Josh, that sounds legalistic. I mean, are you saying that if I, you know, read the Bible every day? And No, it's not legalistic. There are going to be days you're not going to. There have been days that, that I've not, certainly not read my Bible. There have been days that I've messed up in eating. But the point is that, that we've got to learn to push through the pain. And if we're being honest, most of us don't have legalism problems. Most of us have spending time with Jesus problems, right? And so, so let's not get hung up on legalism. Let's just develop a system and, and work it. And what we'll see is results will come. I can tell you, there have been many days where I haven't, or I've, I've read the Bible when I haven't felt like it. And later that day, it was like, oh my gosh, I needed that. You know, that's exactly the food, the, 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 the fuel that God was giving me to sustain me through the, the trials that would come that day. So we have to push through the pain. But the only way to do that is, is the last point, which is run with partners. Run with partners with partners. See, following Jesus, it's not a solo sport, never has been. It's not something that was ever meant to do on our own. We've got to be willing to run with partners. I love Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10. It says, it's kind of the marriage verse. I mean, I've done this verse in a lot of weddings, and, uh, but it's not just about marriage. It's about all of our, our, our faith, our faith journey and community. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. We have to run with partners. You know, if you're here at Seacoast and, and, and your experience up to this point has been coming on the weekends, getting something out of it, and, and, and then you know, kind of going along your way and, and nothing beyond that, uh, obviously we're so glad you're here and you're on this journey. But can I, can I just encourage you? You haven't really experienced church if you haven't done it with, with partners, if you haven't been a part of a smaller group of people that would just encourage you and support you and, and help you push through those difficult moments in your life. 
a couple weeks ago, Lisa and I were running uh, in Ion. We were running these trails. It's a neighborhood here in Mount Pleasant. Uh, we don't pay for a home in Ion, but we're glad and thankful for those who do because we like to run on your trails. Um, <laughs> And so we were running and we had kind of parked the car. We were running, uh, got to the end of the trail. It was two miles uh, from where we had parked. And we had turned around to head back. And I realized I had a problem because uh, I was done. I didn't want to run anymore. My, my body was like, I'm, I'm finished. And so what I do in my head is I try to come up, because Lisa didn't seem like she was slowing down at all, try to come up with some excuses. So like, oh, is that a cramp? I think I'm injured. You know, I'm thinking I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call injury here. My, my ankle hurts or what? And I'm, I'm like, maybe we could prayer walk. That sounds good. If she'll believe that. If I, it's like, hey, let's just take some time to pray. And so I'm, you know, I'm wrestling through some of these thoughts, trying to figure out how am I going to end this, this torture that I'm on. And so we're coming around a, a, a turn, and all of a sudden we see our friends, Josh and Katie Walters. Josh is campus pastor here, and they're running on the trail towards us. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. This is it. Who wants pizza? Let's go get pizza. Come on, guys. This is great. And they're like, they had just started their run, and they're like, hey, why don't we just, uh, we'll, we'll just run with you. I'm like, no, you don't need to do that. It's fine. Let's, but so they, they kind of just decided, we'll, we'll run with you, and, we, and you know, we can catch a ride in your car, get us back to ours, and so we just ran, and they, they came right up behind us and ran behind us, and uh, we didn't talk. Like, some of you, I don't know what's wrong with you, people who like to talk on a run, this is not time to, to, to connect. This is just time to breathe, okay? So, so we're, just, we're just running. And you know what's interesting is just their presence. There weren't any attaboys or we can do it. It was just their presence. Uh, we, we ran another 2.1 miles and we finished this, this race. And, and it's just an illustration of what having other people around you will do. We don't always know the right thing to say. It's not that there's this magic bullet of wisdom that they're gonna give you, but, but having friends, just having the presence of other people in your life is gonna give you the, the perseverance that you need to push through the pain and to finish well. So Seacoast, uh, I'm so excited about uh, our church and about where we are as a church, uh, what God's gonna do in us in the fall. Um, and, and I believe that if we'll commit to running our race, finding our place, develop some systems that are gonna help us pursue the goals that God puts in front of us. Push through those, those painful moments with the, the help of partners that we're gonna see God do so much in our church. We won't just be a group of people that are saved and kind of running aimlessly on the journey, but we're gonna be focused. We're gonna be running to win. You know, uh, we're gonna start a series in September uh, that's called I See a Church. I honestly believe it's gonna be the most important series that we've ever done at our church. Because we're very simply gonna spend six weeks just laying out the values and the vision and what, is it, what, what do we wanna be as a church? What does it mean to, to live a life of, of purpose and of mission in community and specifically here at Seacoast? And I think it's gonna be the most important thing we've done for not only our church, but for you individually. It's gonna give you a vision. It's gonna give you purpose. Some of you may be struggling with, man, what's, why am I here and what, what's my purpose in life? And I think it's gonna really help us with this. And here's what my prayer is. Every one of us that calls ourselves Seacoasters, whether that means that you, know, you come every week or whether that means that you come every now and then or whether that means you're here for maybe the first or second time but you just know that God's drawing you into this place, let's commit to running with partners. Let's commit to doing it together. It's so important that we've, we've spent a lot of time and money on a small group curriculum, a DVD curriculum that'll be available on DVD. It'll be also be available online. 
uh, small group kind of workbook study guide that you'll be able to kind of go through. And, and we're going to ask everybody at Seacoast to commit for six weeks to try it out life with, with partners. Try out life in community. And, and our, our kind of hunch is that as you do that, you'll realize how important it is to just build those friendships. And so everybody got a card when you came in and your, your worship guide, and I want to encourage you to pull it out. It says, I see a church. And basically, if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to go, you know what, Josh, I'll do that. I'll, I'll run with partners. I'll do life and community for six weeks. I can make that happen. Just fill this card out. Uh, your campus pastor will tell you kind of what to do with it. But uh, some of you will be willing to host a group, which means simply open up your home, uh, being be willing to, to have some people over, invite some friends and, and connect in. And it doesn't have to be 10, 20, 50 people. It's usually three, four, five people, whatever. Size of the group doesn't really matter. But you go, I'd be willing to do that. I'd be willing to, and we'll give you some materials. We'll really give you a plan that'll help you kind of walk through that season. So my prayer is that all of us would be willing to do life and community. Remember, our posture, our position at the finish line is gonna be determined by our posture and the preparation. These next few weeks are time for us to really press in and prepare for what God wants to do in our lives. Would you pray with me as we close? God, we, we thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Lord, for uh, your love for us. I thank you, God, that you uh, did finish the race strong so that we could find favor with you, regardless of how well we run, regardless of you know, uh, whether we get it right all the time or whether we don't, that you have paid such a price for us, God, and we're so eternally grateful for that. But God, we wanna be a church that doesn't leave anything on the table. God, we wanna be a church that, that accomplishes everything that you've called us to do. God, there are needs in our community that, that are, you've custom designed people in this place to meet. And we don't wanna walk away from that. We wanna live lives of mission. Lord, we wanna run the race to win. So we ask you now to uh, just give us the power to finish strong. Lord, that you would take over in these next few moments, uh, that your spirit would just fill each of us, that we would just uh, know what it's gonna take for us to not only run, but to finish strong. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen.